0: Welcome,
1: welcome, welcome into the second ever Emergency Chronicle podcast. This last year we went to Cameron Indoor, I beat Duke, and we're doing it today because Dance hard, the Cardinals, finally are the kings of the Commonwealth in college basketball once again, the state champions. We beat Kentucky 62-59. Overall emotions right now, how are you feeling?
0: My God. Uh... This is what I'll say. A win is a win. I don't care what it looked like. I don't care how we got to it. I, it for this rivalry's sake, this was an absolute. And no, we kind of didn't want to everyone hates the word must win. But this was going to be detrimental in so many ways if we didn't pull out this ball game. Um, so just so, such a great win coming after Christmas just to enjoy the holiday. I am just super relaxed i'm i was fired up but now i've just gotten kind of in my happy place and
1: man it feels good yeah i mean just personally my wife and and the baby virginia are still in springfield for another night after christmas and i mean dad's about to get pretty messed up and eat shitty food for about four hours like i'm (laughs) i've haven't been this happy in a long time i'll say that but it's
0: like honey get the chinese
1: takeout menu up you laugh, but Mary doesn't like Chinese. It's like the only time I get to eat it. I may have about 15 healthys of chicken with garlic it's About that time. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. This is this is going to be a fun, fun night. I'm very excited about this. But, I mean, I every Louisville fan had to feel the exact same thing down the stretch. I know I was there. We, you and I were kind of talking about it before we hit record here. When it got to a, a tie game and Louisville had gone, I think, five possessions with just attempting one field goal. They couldn't get shots off. And Dre Davis. Uh, steps out of bounds on a play where he wasn't even going to score anyway. I, I don't know what we were doing there. Kentucky gets the ball back less than a minute to go. Tie game. I mean, my my hope was about at three percent f- at that point in time, not just because of the rivalry series, but just that's how this whole fucking year has gone. Like it, I know everybody else has had bad years, too, but just you're know, looking at personally every step of the way. When I've thought to think, when I've started to think that something was going in a positive direction, it's like, bam, something terrible happens. And that's exactly how I felt about this game. So to be able to win, I- I'm right there with you. Like, I don't give a shit about how bad Kentucky is. I don't give a shit about how bad we played down the stretch. I don't give a shit about them still leading the all time series or-, or what's to come. I just am so glad that we get to finally experience the positive side of this rivalry, uh, even if it's just for, you know, know, a week to really bask in this, it's going to be a fun final week of 2020. And that's something that wouldn't have been the case if, uh, if things had gone differently down the stretch there in those final few possessions.
0: I completely agree. And and I'll say this, I'm sure, and we will never know inside the locker room, but I mean, there really was a lot for Louisville to lose today. And I, I, not only I'm better, the players ecstatic, I'm, I bet they're glad to just move past this game. And now, you know, we're, we're six and one. We got a UK win under our belt, no matter what their record is. We've cleared that hurdle. Now we got the rest of the season to look forward to. We got, got you know, Charles Midland's going to come back. So uh, just hope springs eternal here for
1: 2021 um, after this victory in my eyes. It's such a mental deal, this rivalry game is, with the players on both sides, but especially for the Louisville guys who, and again, nobody on this year's team that played today scored a point in last year's game. I think David Johnson and Sam Williamson were the only guys that even played in that game, uh, and they had real minimal impact. So this was entirely different for them. That doesn't mean that they don't hear the noise. It doesn't mean that they're not very, very aware of... You know, all the Louisville fans who are saying, you know, it's going to be the same story. There's so much pressure on both sides every year. And I think you're right. I also think Kentucky had more riding on this game than a lot of UK fans wanted to to, to sort of admit. Because, I mean, every, as you might expect, every tweet that I've gotten in the 30 minutes since the game ended and I tweeted celebratory stuff has been, you know, congrats. You beat like the worst UK team of all time by three and all that same shit. But they, like, Calipari pulled out all the stops this week. He pulled the Amy ESPN card. It's a conspiracy. Everybody hates us. It's us against the world. He pulled the we always beat these guys, don't listen to him card. Uh, I mean, they like they put a lot into winning this game, and they had a chance to win it down the stretch, and they didn't get it done. And now, like we sort of alluded to in the last podcast, I feel like we get to lean back, watch Rome burn for the rest of the year, because I don't think things are going to get that much better for UK. I don't see them salvaging this season. And we I'm not saying we put the final nail in the coffin here, but we definitely pulled out a big block on this this uh, this wall there that seems to be in the process of collapsing. And that feels pretty fucking good.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And even if we for some reason, the, the, the worst part about this is if we didn't come out with a win this game, I still felt I mean, and obviously the record shows it. But like just with, you know, who we have coming back, you know, how kind of inexperienced we are. Um, And just kind of the eye test, I just felt like we were projected on on such a better, you know, uh, January, February, March run than UK is going to have. I just don't see it from them. I know we only won by a couple points. I obviously, and I think you would agree, we did not play anywhere near what I think we're capable of. Um, But, you know, something about having Carly Jones, I, I just I know he didn't make all the plays down the stretch but there's just a certain like calmness. Like it's fun to have that guy on the team where you're like, all right, this guy's on the team. I feel better. We're not going to lose this since he's out on the floor. And like, I-, I haven't had that in a while since like, you know, maybe like a Russ Smith or a-, a-, a Peyton Siva where, you know, towards the end of the game, even if shit was going bad, I'm like, all right, they're out there. I think, you know, no matter what happens, we should pull this out. And he- obviously he didn't miss the shot that Oliver saw missed or, or Boston miss at the end, but there's just a certain presence about him that I love on this team.
1: Yeah. I I kind of felt the same way when he was going to the line with us uh, up one in the final seconds. I felt, if you remember the last time we beat UK back in 2016, 17 um, Donovan Mitchell went to the line. I think we were up two. With a few seconds left, and he hit uh, two big free throws there to put us up four. Then Kentucky hit a three, and we hit two more free throws, and they had that shot at the buzzer. Which, by the way, the last four times we've we've beaten Kentucky, all by three points. It's becoming sort of a, a weird thing there. But I'm with you. When Carter went to the line, there was a very small amount of doubt in my mind that he was going to make those two free throws, just because that's who he is. Also, we should point out for the, I mean, really since Calipari's been there, it's kind of felt like they've gotten every key bounce. It feels like we haven't, and that's not just in these games. Kentucky seems to kind of get the, uh, a fortunate break here or there all the time. Did not happen down the stretch at oh, all. Our last made field goal was a banked-in shot by Carly Jones that Olivier Saar uh, shot in the final seconds, was like three-fourths the way down, and then popped. <laughs> and then we were supposed to foul on that last possession, according to Chris Mack, and, and did not do so. That's the second time we've done that this year where we fucked up the last uh, up three with just a few seconds left to go. It almost cost us against Seton Hall. And B.J. Boston got a pretty good look there that that uh, just did not go down. So certainly some stuff to nitpick on our end. But, man, it feels like we were due to get those types of breaks in, in this rivalry game finally.
0: It really was. And it was, you know, <laughs> it was maddening watching the second half. Because every fan knew it from you Bell's side, like, Either if we don't have live ball turnovers and they score off the break or if we foul and send them to the line, that's really – or leave Devin Mintz open. Those are the only three ways they can score. Like anytime they threw the ball in the post, I was like, fine, let them go. Or if anyone else took like an outside jumper, I was like, that's fine. Um, And it just seemed like that's how they are getting all their points, and it was so frustrating that they were still hanging around, hanging around. But, you know, I know we had some offensive turnovers down the stretch that – we were pulling our hair out, but I mean, you have to give credit to the guys. That's, I mean, it's such a big win for Chris Mack It's such a confidence booster. He can breathe easy. It doesn't, you know, and now it's fun for the fans as far as like, I mean, people are like, God, you know, UK fans, like U of L fans are obsessed with UK. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm obsessed, but now that they're one in six, I'm going to enjoy the rest of this season. Just watching Rome burn, as you put it. Um, it's going to be fun following their, you know, absolute train wreck the rest of the year. And like I said, I'm I'm still high on our guys, even though we still haven't really, besides Western, put together a game that I've like truly loved. But I see flashes
1: that it can happen. So um, I'm just holding on to that hope for now. It's just nice to put this one behind us too. I think I'm sure the team feels the exact same way, but for fans, I mean – for the last month, there've been, there's been so much, and we do this every year, but especially this year when Kentucky started playing so poorly, there's been a whole, you know, when they lose to Georgia Tech, we all do the, I'm sure Devin Askew's going to hit seven threes against us on December 26th. Like, that's our initial reaction all the time. And by the way, it, it looked early on like that may happen. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, here we
0: go. I'm, like, oh, yeah, I'm like, is Jacob Toppin hitting, like, Michael Jordan turnaround fadeaways here? What's going on?
1: He did, too. Like, like. <laughs> This is the guy who looked like I don't know, like a fifth and sixth grade C team player for the past five games, and he's casually hitting like heavily contested 12 foot turnaround fadeaway jumpers with no hesitation, and looking like it's like what he does every game. Like that was uh, uh as good as Askew was in the first few minutes. Toppin was the guy who kind of came out of nowhere to play a really good game, but I feel like for us to go back to what I was saying, like we just. I mean, after the pit game, even when you know we don't play, we played pretty poorly. We still win by ten. Our initial reaction is that effort's not going to be good enough against UK. Like that's just where we go to, and and now we can finally say we won this game. It's over. Let's focus on the ACC. Let's focus on the rest of the season. And that feels relaxing, maybe even.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I just I was looking down the box score, and it just seemed like so many guys on our team struggled. Um, I mean, J.J. Trainer, that was the worst game that he's had. Uh, I mean, Sam, you know, th- th- we're definitely going to have to get more out of him on both sides of the ball. And he's going to have to increase his energy level tenfold. Um, yeah. But I mean, there was some night. Nice, I mean, Quinn Szynski, I thought, gave us a nice spark. Uh, you know, and then it was good to see David Johnson. I, I know he had four turnovers, but, you know, we, we do ask him and Carl Leak to do a lot. Um, they play a lot of minutes. So I actually, you know, I don't get too discouraged when this, maybe sometimes they make a play that's, you know, um, uh, not to our liking. Cause they have their ball the, or they have their hands on the ball a lot. So, um, I don't know, just like you said, just breathe easy, light your cigar,
1: pour a few cocktails. I mean, this one's sweet. Yeah. We have to talk about the stretch where at the start of the second half, Louisville's up 28, 27 at halftime. They could not have started the second half worse, which has kind of become a theme. Like We've had really slow starts after the break for the last three years. And David Johnson specifically has been – I don't know. He just comes out of the locker room like a little bit lackadaisical, and he made a turnover right at the beginning of the second half. And then Sam Williamson just oh, – I don't boy, even know what to say. Said. Like, like I mean, just carelessly gives the ball away, doesn't hustle back on defense, um, loses his man the next possession, then uh, travels uh, the, the, the possession right after that, comes out of the game – and we've got to give, give some props to your guy. I mean, you love him. I love him. Everybody loves <laughs> him. Hughes Blass. coincidence. he comes into the game, hits a three, calls somebody on UK a fuckboy, uh, <laughs> shoves Isaiah Jackson after drawing a charge, like gets into his face. Like, If we could put the, the, the competitiveness, and this is what Chris Mack is, is, has been saying since he signed the kid, but if we could put the competitiveness, the heart, the effort, like all of those intangibles of Quinzelinski and the the rest of the team, I think we'd really have something. Not to say that, that guys don't play hard, but Quinn just he's fearless. And in a game like this, you've got to have those types of guys. And I thought when he came in, even though I think those are the only points he scored, I thought him making that three, drawing that charge, and giving us quality minutes while Sam you know collected himself after whatever the hell that stretch was, was a really really crucial thing. And then Louisville after getting down 34-30 wound up scoring the next seven points and took the lead back and, and was kind of in control until that, you know, the, the last few minutes there. But that was a really, really big stretch by Quincy. One of those things that you know, if you didn't watch the game, you'd never recognize or, or realize how just how important it was. That was big. Yeah. And we're going to need other guys
0: to obviously step up. I mean, uh, we obviously know it, right now it's it's Dave and Carlik. For the most part, and then it's it's usually a crapshoot to who number three is that we I mean we were banking on Sam. Uh I don't know. And I texted you this earlier. My expectations of what we can expect from Sam going forward have have been lowered. I just don't know. I mean, he's really gonna have to change his mentality. Um and I and I again, you know, I'm not here to dog guys. We got the win, but um I, I texted you during the game. I said I don't even care if Quinn is not as talented or, you know, we're not even better off with him on the floor. Like I want someone who gives a fuck out there. And at the moment, Sam didn't look like he did. And, and Quinn, you know, got the game kind of back in control to us. And, and from there, we we're able to, you know, car leak. He, he actually took uh, Devin Askew off the dribble a number of times, yeah. um, which was good to see. But, um, but when, we, when we when we pushed out the lead to seven or eight, it was nice to just have some breathing room. Um, obviously, I know UK tightened it up at the end. But, yeah, I don't know. Big minutes
1: from Quinn. Quinn was great. I thought um, – I'm with you on Sam. Somebody's got to just shock him into the, some sort of reality here because he goes through the motions kind of like he's I, – I think he's – I don't want to say he thinks he's better than he is, but he's kind of playing like it right now. And you can, you can go through shooting slumps. You can make some careless mistakes, but you can't – be giving maximum effort and that's there were stretches today where sam was just way too passive and that's that's got to change if he wants to become not even like a professional but if he wants to become a big-time college player at some point in his career that's that process needs to start now the other thing um that we, i think I have, has to be mentioned i'm ready for the dre davis three <laughs> point to to there's a, a lot of mantras harrell uh in his last season vibes there where remember trez hit like four threes in the, the first game against minnesota and then i think hit two the next game and then missed like 23 in a row, and finally, Patina was like, "All right, like that, that's done. You're, you're not shooting threes anymore. We're going back to the old dress." That's kind of where I am with Dre Davis, who, you know, for as good as our, our young guys were down the stretch against Seton Hall in that game, uh, you know, last month, they were making some very, very bad newcomer mistakes. I mean, Dre is out of bounds on that play. Um, Jalen Withers walks the play before that. Uh, Thank God we had Carleak stepping up and making some shots. I I will give Dre Davis credit for making that free throw because after he missed the first one so badly and he'd had a a, a bad game, I was not feeling confident about him knocking down that second one. And if he doesn't make it, you know, not only does he, uh, does he leave the score tied, but there's 18 seconds left. UK gets to hold for the last shot and we could be sitting here talking about losing on a buzzer beater, which I don't know if my heart could have taken that, but it was not a great game for Louisville's front court. Um, Daniel Weathers did a, a couple of good things, but, he wasn't fantastic. J.J. Trainer was, uh, he he did what he could, but he was foul prone and and didn't really get into the flow offensively. But um, I thought Quinn was great. I thought Carleek was great. David was really, really good. Um, And again, just you saw the emotion from those guys as they were going in the tunnel, how much this meant to them. And hopefully they can take that and just feed off it and we can ride this high into ACC play and and start off on a positive there next week.
0: Yeah. And it's weird because like, as Louisville fans, we're so not used to seeing freshmen play significant minutes. And it's almost like we forget like, Oh yeah, this is, you know, uh, JJ trainer, Dre Davis's, or, you know, even Jalen withers like first year, uh, you know, so they're prone to make some mistakes, but, um, in a game of, uh, um, they just get magnified a little bit more, but, you know, Withers did enough. He made enough plays. Um, he obviously had some moments down the stretch where I, want, <laughs> I wanted to pull my hair out. Um, but, you know what? It, it's a, something to build on. Um, I'm, I'm excited going to ACC play. I'm, excited. I'm definitely excited to watch UK's train wreck the rest of the year. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll take this victory all day long.
1: When the, when the Davis out-of-bounds step happened and UK had the ball with the, the game tied, and it looked like – I mean, we were up 56-49 with the ball with four minutes to go. And, and When that moment happened and you're facing the reality that UK has all the momentum in this game and the ball and there's less than a minute to go, what was the Dan Senard reaction? Because I'll tell you, like I just kind of – I sat here holding the little Fisher-Price basketball that I've been shooting with to calm my nerves during breaks, and I just sat here – blankly staring at the television feeling like there was like my life was about to end I just I couldn't muster the emotion to even do anything or say anything or be mad it was just the life draining out of my body what were you like
0: so here here's the story and you know this because we texted you yesterday today I was hung over as piss I mean <laughs> it was a top 10 hangover and like you know luckily my I'm at I'm my parents house so they helped out with the kids in the morning but it was just a total rookie move on my part. It was Christmas. I was excited about the game tomorrow, and I just went completely overboard, stayed up till, I don't know, two in the morning. And so I actually was pretty subdued during the game, even though like inside my anxiety was like riding high. I just didn't have the physical energy to like, you know, walk around and like cuss my ass off. Um, and I was like, hey, maybe that got us the win, because usually when I'm like living and dying and like falling to my knees and shit, that's when we lose. And I just kind of kept calm on the couch and uh, gave a big fist pump when we won. But yeah, when when he stepped out of bounds, I mean, the collective moan in our uh, in our household was very loud.
1: On, on the flip side of that, the David Johnson and one was, I think I woke up anybody in St. Matthews who was trying to take a nap. The explosion that came from the basement, <laughs> was like 2013-esque. It was just uh, over the top. I I was big on that. Um, And that was probably the biggest one for me besides the end of the game. But are you surprised at all that John Calipari lining up 11 McDonald's All-Americans and making them take baby steps together like they're the goddamn Mighty Ducks didn't wind up winning them this game?
0: (laughs) That was the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Like I I saw someone tweet this, like that's some Butch Jones shit right there. And it It really is. is like, I mean, he, he, he's obviously grasping for straws here, you know, I, and honestly, yeah, they're one in six, but like the reason you get this reaction is because of like the bullshit hype that he puts out in the summer every year. And you know, if you have a team come out like this after, like, you know, he comes out before practice even starts, he's like, I really like this team. I, and that that kind of makes me appreciate Chris Mack even more because he just kind of keeps his mouth shut. He doesn't set expectations for his team. Um, and, you know, when when UK falls flat on their face, uh, it, it just makes his, you know, kind it of – it makes his coaching look bad. It makes his recruiting look bad. Um, and th- there's no doubt, I mean – the thing with the fan base right now, I mean, they, they're all about Final Fours and championships. And right now, it, it, it's just, especially when they're losing, I just know they're all steaming at the fact that it just seems like Cal is more worried about, you know, first-round picks or how much NBA contracts the guys have. Um, it, it feels good to be on the other side. I'm, I'm happy with the guy that we got. Um, right now, I wouldn't trade Chris Mack for anything. Now he's got a win against UK under his belt, and I think that just takes a world of pressure off him, not only for the rest of the season, but for UK games going forward. So, um, yeah, it's it's fun right now. I love watching Cal fucking panic.
1: The thing about Kentucky fans, too, is that right now they're all doing this thing where it's like, well, Cal told us they were so great, and, and Cal sucks, and, and what's going on here. Every UK fan, I won't say every UK fan because that's, that's taking it too far, but the number of UK fans – who in October believed that this team was going to be just an absolute world beater. Twitter search the words Kentucky and loaded and go back to October and tell me what you find. Because the day that Olivier Saar got declared eligible by the NCAA, like every – and it wasn't just them. You know, it was the the UK, the fan blogs, like the writers there. They're like, you've got Saar and Toppin – boston yeah and-
0: we watched sar last year for wake forest i mean it's not like he was kenyon martin by any stretch of the means it was
1: fun, but like they, they did the thing where they just started listing players and were like oh my god and then they were like they, they railed on jeff goodman when he only had them ranked 20 in his preseason rankings you can go find those tweets if you want and then when they were number nine uh in the the, the preseason poll and then beat moorhead state by 48 or whatever it was on opening night it was just like This is going to be one of the most fun and most beloved Calipari teams of all time. We're getting back to the first half of the Cal era. They're going to be up and down and having a good time. And fast forward to a month later, you've got dudes openly sobbing on the bench because they're not playing enough, getting kicked off the team. Guys who very clearly don't give a shit about John Calipari or what he's accomplished in his career and are ready to just go ahead and move on. And you're losing to Louisville and it feels pretty fucking great. And I'm enjoying it. And I can't wait to watch what happens to you in 2021 because I don't think it's going to be that much better.
0: U.K. Players first program, except when shit hits the fan, then you can just fucking get your ass out of here. Then it's not. Sure. The,
1: um, by the way, the, the, the Calipari um, peace sign as he's leaving the floor with the lights yeah. dim and the red glow from the, the Louisville celebration win is just an all-time rivalry moment. Like that, <laughs> it, it feels it feels prophetic. It feels like it's,
0: it's we like it's, we are gonna hard. have some good Cal material by the end of the year. The picture after the. Whatever his last game was in the press conference, that thing's going to get tons of mileage. Um, the peace sign, like you said, I mean, my God, I'm going to have my camera ready for any screenshot I can give.
1: I mean, this whole week, people kept saying, like, how can you not be more confident? Didn't you watch the Tech game? Didn't you watch the Richmond game? Didn't you watch them just play North Carolina? And I, and I still wasn't confident. Until I saw John Calipari's shirt. Until I saw what he was wearing on the sidelines for the first time. That piece of shit, blue plaid, button up, like, barely hanging over his belly as he was, like, like, what was he doing? That's not the Calipari I know.
0: I used to wear this shirt every year, freshman year of high school, and my friends used to call it the Garth Brooks shirt. Um, And it just was, like, the most garbage shirt with, like, pinstripes on it. I got a lot of Garth vibes from uh, Calipari in that shirt today. Um, Just fucking, like, I'm I'm a beaten man. I'm just going to throw this on.
1: I appreciate that you tried to save me there, but let's be real. It was me. Like, like I'm, I'm the one who coined the, the, the Garth shirt. Yeah, you
0: did. You're like, <laughs> Garth
1: again? You're like, do you ever wash that shirt? I was like, god damn it. You look like with the shirt that Garth Brooks used to wear on the uh, the cover of his tapes back in the day. But, hey, yeah. Cal went Garth shirt. Didn't pay off for him. Uh, we're going to keep this short because I know hopefully everybody's going to celebrate it, at least for the rest of the day. Hopefully you've got good plans. Um, I mean, hell, like it, there's not that much to do out right now. Drink a thousand beers, order some shitty food, eat your face off. Louis will beat Kentucky in basketball. Everything is good for at least a day. Um, do you have parting thoughts besides that, Dan? I'm
0: about to go shotgun a beer right out here on the deck. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna celebrate in style tonight for sure.
1: Buckle up, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Dancing our Yes, Yeah
0: yeah, God. maybe I'll make my way to the casino. No, I uh, this is great. I mean, it's just I mean, the feeling you have after a win like this, oh, I mean, the dread you have when you lose is just the worst. But like the feeling you have after you win where you can just relax, the food tastes better, the drinks flow better. It's just the ultimate feeling. So enjoy it, folks.
1: I always say that in a rivalry series, the only two games that matter are the last one and the next one. And for the next year, we get to be the winners, the owners of the last one. And that's going to be just wonderful. Nothing bad about that. Don't care what the game looked like. Don't care about the series. Don't care who UK signs for next year's recruiting class. For the next year, we're college basketball kings of the Commonwealth. That feels good. We're going to end on that. Fuck Kentucky forever. Go Cards. We'll be talking to you guys again soon. Go Cards, baby!